This is the Swishwire Podcast. Welcome to the Swishwire Podcast. We had a wild march, but now we are in pre-draft mode, and we've got a stud with us today. I'm not talking about Mitch. I'm talking about the co-MVP of the American Athletic Conference, sophomore star guard for the Shockers of Wichita State, Mr. Tyson Etienne. Welcome to Swishwire. Thanks for joining us today, Tyson. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Of course, of course. We'll get right down to it, all right? When did you know you were legit? That moment that like a lot of ballers have where they just know like, shit, I am meant to be out here. I'm meant to be a basketball player. Did you have one of those? Uh, Yeah, I think uh, the moment I knew that I, you know, probably could do something with basketball was uh, I think my sophomore year of high school, the last game of our season. Um, I, before I went to Long Island Lutheran, I went to a, a little small private school in New Jersey called Dwight Inglewood. Um, not really known to be a basketball school, but uh, uh, we were playing in the state sectional final versus Hudson Catholic. They had Javon, they had Luther, Lewis King. Um, and, you know, we went in as the underdogs and, you know, everybody thought we were going to get blown out. Um, but during that game, I think I finished with like uh, like 31. I had like 15 boards, eight assists. We ultimately lost, you know, they were great players on the other team. But um, I think in that moment, I knew that I could compete with everybody. I knew that I could do something. I didn't know what level I could go to but I knew I could do something with the game. I mean, damn, man. Look at you now, though. That's the thing. If that didn't, that spark is what led you to this one. Yeah. Uh, so then I want to get in a little bit more of like uh, sort of your past and your present. So mm-hmm. not, not including your current teammates, though, who's the best player you've played with. And then on the other side, who's the best guy you've played against? Uh, I kind of got like, it's like a tie, though. Like it's like three dudes or I think like they for each they have different reasons why I say it's a tie. Uh, Andre Curbelo, um, who was my teammate at Long Island Lutheran. Uh, James Booknight, who was my teammate uh, on PSA Cardinals. Um, and third, mm, third, I'm going to have to say, nobody knows him. I probably, when I say this name, everybody's like, <laughs> okay. who is this? His name is Donatus Koopsis. Um, he was also my Long Island Lutheran teammate. Uh, he's a like a four man. He's from overseas, um, but he was just really talented. He really could, you know, stretch the floor, shoot the ball. He goes to Weber State now, um, but he was just a great, a great player that I played with. And I think those three guys, you know, in their own respective rights, um, were probably three of the best players that I played with. Against, I'd probably say the best player I played against is Anthony Edwards for sure. Oh, that's a great one. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that would have been a game to watch right there. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you actually mentioned um, that Dwight at Englewood game. So I'm from Jersey. I, uh, oh, really? I'm from Montclair State. Oh, uh, yeah, I know where you're from. Yeah, so I grew up playing against Dwight Englewood. Yeah. Um, I was at that game, that Hudson Catholic game. Oh, really? See you guys, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's funny. That's but, crazy. Um, you know, watching you play – uh, there are a lot of names that I could throw out there that you your style is similar to, but I'm I'm curious if there's anyone that you've watched and tried to take parts of their game, try to kind of mold yourself after. Uh, I think um, I think the great greatest players take from everybody, um, so that's definitely something I do. Um, but if I had to like pick one guy in particular, it'd definitely be Damian Lillard. Um, from a physical standpoint, from a skill standpoint, from a mentality standpoint, that's the guy that when I really look to. Who do I want to shape my game after? That's the guy that, you know, I pinpoint. 
That's oh, great. Yeah. I, that's, see, that's I see great. that shiftiness in your game, that, that Lillard shift, that game time. Uh, one of the things that I want to touch on is obviously basketball runs in your blood. I mean, your family's got ties to Camby, DeAndre Jordan, both guys who have been in that Jersey setting. I mean, mm-hmm. what are some ways that they've like helped your game? Is it like, if you've been able to look and be like, Oh, this is the path they've taken or if they reached out to you kind of thing. Uh, I think like uh, DJ is like, he's like a big brother to me. So, you know, we just, I kind of talked to him like he's like my friend, my boy. Um, and he's always just been there for support, you know, whatever I need, just making sure I'm good. But, you know, my uncle Marcus, you know, he's been there since I, you know, he was there when I was born. You know, he's been in my life, you know, all every single year. So I think him, he's just like a, another father figure I have, um, you know, giving me advice, giving me guidance on and off the court, you know, especially, you know, going into what I'm about to go into. Those guys definitely would be somebody or would be two people that I rely on heavily, you know, just to, you know, the ins and outs of what I'm about to embark on and what I'm getting ready to uh, ascend to. So, um, you know, their guidance, their help has been invaluable. And I'm extremely appreciative that uh, it lined up with their close members of my family. So well, I'm curious, just kind of going off of that, what's what's something that they've sort of told you about to get ready, you know, to look for as you're getting ready for this draft? Uh, just, you know, take every, take one day at a time, you know, don't get too high, don't get too low, you know, enjoy the process of it, you know, take every training session, every drill, as it's your last, because, you know, it's 450 guys in the league, everybody's fighting to get in the league. And then it's hard when you get there, it's hard to stay in. So it's just like making sure that you're approaching every day uh, with the mentality of, look, I belong in this league, I'm going to stay in this league, and I I intend to be a great player in this league. So it's just about a mentality thing. They know that I'm responsible, they know I'm mature, I can handle the lifestyle. It's just about, you know, the mentality of always, you know, wanting to achieve more. That's, that's great advice. That's great advice. Um, and, you know, mentioning kind of going off of the Dwight Englewood, uh, New Jersey connection, you are part of a new era of talent to come out of New Jersey and explode onto the scene in college. Um, right out of the gate at Wichita State, you averaged about 10 points a game, 39% from three, started over half the games. So what did playing that sort of level and talent um, in high school do to prepare you for that next level? Uh, I think starting off in Jersey, I think, you know, uh, obviously, you know, Jersey basketball is, you know, one of the, the top states in the country when it comes to basketball players and, you know, the players we produced um, growing up, you know, somebody that I played closely with and, you know, one of my closest friends to this day is Javon Connerly. And, you know, I'm just uh, proud of him and what he's done this year after what he's been going through for the past couple seasons. Um, me and him have been playing again together since we were like eight. Um, obviously we went to different high schools, but, you know, he's somebody like, if I had to have a fourth person, that'd probably be one of, <laughs> one of the best players I ever played with as well. But, you know, in Jersey, it's just hard nose. It's gritty. There's no shot clock. So you really got to grind. Possessions might be 40 seconds, but I think what really like when my, my career really started to take a shift, um, was when I transferred to Long Island Lutheran in New York. And I think that's when I really began to uh, hone my skills and, you know, embrace the fact that, you know, I, I could do something with the game of basketball. That's beautiful and that shit. So speaking more on the legacy kind of view, um, as a freshman, you threatened a lot of legacies. Uh, you finished with the second most threes uh, right behind current plow, uh, Landry Shamit, which again, that Brooklyn energy for that. Uh, you finished fifth in steals. Uh, you're only one of the six players, period, to average two threes a game last season before the shutdown. Tied the Wichita freight Westman record. We can talk about all the stuff in the book for days. I didn't but, even know all this. 
that's what I'm saying, man. Like you, like you have threatened to scratch just the surface of everything in the history of basketball. So what I want to ask you is like, does that stuff weigh on you? Cause you said you didn't know about this, but you, as, as like a guy who I like to look past the accolades kind of thing. So to you, it's just taking each day, not to overwhelm yourself kind of thing. Or do you like yeah. to look at these records kind of thing? I mean, like I'm big on, you know, the main thing is the main thing, you know, you focus on getting wins and, you know, in my role, I had to perform at a high level in order for us to get wins. So my focus is on that. I believe that, you know, the accolades, everything else is, you know, comes as a byproduct, you know, that's a product of your, your dedication to your process. So like, I, I truly didn't know I had all these you know, <laughs> uh, um, statistics. Um, so, you know, I'm, I don't really ever focus on that. Obviously, you know, I, I intend to have uh, great accolades in, in my, my MBA career, but, you know, my focus is on getting better each day and ultimately, you know, being one of the best to play the game. So I don't pay attention to that stuff, but, you know, I'm grateful and humbled that I am in talks with great players and able to do, you know, those type of things. Yeah. Like greatness follows greatness. And clearly you've scratched that one into that. Yeah. And, um, you know, talking about getting yourself to that, that next level, playing at a higher level. Um, I mean, that, that showed in every single second you were on the court this year. Um, and clearly the conference felt the same way. They named you co-MVP along with Quentin Grimes from Houston, another great baller. Um, I know it doesn't, you said it doesn't mean much for those accolades, but it, it had to feel pretty nice being selected to, uh, especially so early in your career, being selected as a co-MVP. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I didn't know, uh, I knew I, I knew I had made an argument. I knew I had made my case, you know, I didn't know because we weren't, you know, the top 10 team in the country, you know, we were, we were great in the conference, but we had no number next to our name, uh, for the country. I didn't know if, I didn't even know that they could give co MVPs. I thought it was either one or you did it, you know? And I was like, I'll make first team, you know, they probably will give it to Quentin Grimes because his team is just, at a, at a certain height right now but you know when I got the news that I made it you know I was just extremely grateful you know for myself because I knew the work that I put in but I also know like I won the award because also like all the people that played a part in getting me to this point like during COVID like you know that so many kids didn't have the opportunity to train but yeah. you know I was fortunate enough to to have a gym to have a weight room uh provided by uh uh, this man named uh, Joe Jackson uh, up in North Jersey. Um, and, you know, very well. Joe's my uh, one of my one of my good friends, Isaac Green. You know, he was my trainer at the time. We were in there every single day. You know, working on you know the stuff that you guys saw in manifestation on the court this year. And my other trainer, John Hawthorne. Uh, we were working every single day. You know, both those guys two times a day, just working on my game. You know, and, and so I won that for them you know, for my family, for my other trainers, and just for the for the team, for the city. I know they haven't had a player of the year in, in many years. So, you know, just to do that was just a uh, accumulation of all the people that played a role in it. Yes. Yeah. I love the shout-out to Joe Jackson and Goki. That's <laughs> Joe oh Jackson, God, bro. Yeah, man. At the uh, – towards the end of the season, uh, you guys kind of had, a, like, a real nail-biter against Drake. And uh, from a few different interviews, it kind of seems like that was one of the things that stuck with you. And what separates the goods from the greats is taking those losses and those failures and building upon them. Yeah. So what, what were you able to take away from that? Because I know you're a guy who just takes those failures and umps them up. You know, obviously, you know, posted, I feel like, you know, 
I had done everything to get to this point. I didn't, you know, obviously my team did great jobs in their roles, but I felt like I had, you know, willed us to a, a to a point to get to this spot. And I felt like, you know, in the moment, I just like, I didn't come through and I was, you know, I was upset, you know, then I had to take my time to just calm down and analyze the entire situation. Yeah. See how they guarded me. But I think like, you know, people have those type games on that type stage. And, you know, that might be the detriment of a career, you know, career might go totally down after that. But I think for me, like, I feel like that one point game was a blessing. Like, I feel like because of what it's done for me mentally, what it's done for me, you know, physically knowing what I need to do, I feel like it, it, the impression that it made on me and um, the impact that it's left on me, I feel like because I had that game, I'm going to ev- I'm going to be greater 10 years from now when I'm in a certain situation where it might be an NBA finals and, you know, a team may be guarding me a, a, a specific way, but because I had the game versus Drake on, on March 18th and I failed, I'll be able to succeed 10 years from the, from then because I had that game. So I, you know, it's all about perspective. And I think that, you know, I'm using it the way that's productive and efficient for myself. Oh yeah. That's the mindset that yeah. greats have. So that's good that you're starting right there. That literally sounds to me exactly like an interview that I heard Dame Lillard give 10 years ago. He used to have those kind of things that we were state, like things wouldn't go his way. You, you know, even similar to you, you know, smaller guy, um, leading his team in a smaller conference against bigger dogs um, and saying the same kind of stuff. You know, I learned something today. We lost, but I learned something today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's honestly, I think that's what's made him so great in the pros. Yeah. He knew how to take all that stuff and, and build on it. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of the draft, so a few days ago on the 18th, you declared. Uh, mm-hmm. And you chose the 18th for a very specific reason, I believe. Yeah, it's a day that holds a lot of meaning for a lot of basketball players, but especially New Jersey guys. Um, so I, I was very happy to hear that. I was, I was wondering if you might be able to tell us why you chose that day. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, when I went into the process, I kind of had a I had made made my decision, you know, probably about a, a few days prior to it. But, you know. Back then, I was like, if this is going to be one of my last, is this, if this is going to be my last year in college, I would like to, you know, uh, declare a certain day. And that's going to be April 18th because uh, that's when uh, one of my closest friends, uh, teammates, had passed away uh, to gun violence, you know, six years ago. Um, and, you know, I feel like I look at my life like I had two different lives. I had my life from when I was a baby up until April 17th, 2015. And then I had my life from April 18th, 2015 onward. It's just like uh, when he lost his life, like my whole life shifted, like, you know, my whole mentality shifted. Obviously you grieve and you feel all these mixed emotions. And I still deal with some of those, you know, some of those effects, you know, to this day, but, you know, I dedicated myself to the game you know, for him, because I know he couldn't play the game anymore. And he was so gifted, so talented. And he was going to be in this position. He was, you know, he stayed on the right path. He was going to be somebody that was you was going to see in the NBA. Um, so I made a, a promise and a vow to, uh, you know, make his dream a reality and, and to do it at a, at a high level. Um, so that's the importance behind April 18th is because, like, declaring for the draft is something I know that he – had a goal for and you know I want to make sure that his goals are still living through me so that's why I chose this date and that's why I waited 
uh, until this past Sunday to make my announcement. I think that's such a beautiful way to honor that. And that's mad respect to you for, you know, keeping that with you this whole time. Um, that means a lot to a lot of, a lot of guys, um, yeah. not just in the state, but all over. Yeah. So one of the things that I want to sort of prod your brain a bit. Um, so your uncle and DJ, like both of them obviously have been through the process of, you know, preparing themselves for their final year, leaving and that kind of thing agents and people representing you that kind of stuff have you looked into having someone represent you or have you gotten advice on being like look these are the kinds of things to expect and if not do you plan to oh uh, no like I, I i you know i sit down with my family obviously you know you had a certain you're a certain caliber of player you know there's going to be agents trying to talk to you um i haven't come to a decision on that you know right now i'm just preparing myself you know for the process getting feedback from teams you know just talking to my coaches back at school um, and just, you know, just taking everything one day at a time. I know that there's going to become a point where I'm going to have to entertain those conversations. But right now I'm just focused on development. That's perfect grind mentality, bro. And yeah. there's another thing that I wanted to ask you just a little poke at it. I'm a huge Raptors fan. Uh, love my boy, Freddie. Obviously it's a little, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ask the leading question. Is there a specific team, you know, that you're looking forward to a workout for? Like if Toronto uh, were to be like, Hey, <laughs> I mean, listen, for me in the position I am, I'm not walking to this draft as a lottery pick. Any team that gives me the chance, any team that invites me, gives the opportunity to walk into their facility and to showcase myself in front of them. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, it really doesn't matter long term. I think, you know, I'm a Knicks fan. I'm always going to be a Knicks fan. <laughs> I grew up a Knicks fan. So I think, like, ultimately, I'd love to play for that organization. You know, whether that comes now or if it comes 10, 10 years from now, it doesn't matter to me. But uh, as of right now, it doesn't matter what team invites me. It's just the right team's going to invite me. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious. You, you you asked about advice that those guys have given you. You know, you have the ties to NBA guys. You've got some connections at uh, Wichita State to guys like Van Vliet. Uh, you've had two great coaches. You've had Greg Marshall. You've had Isaac Brown. Um between them, between growing up in Jersey, what's what's the best piece of advice that you've received about your game that you think someone else could also benefit from hearing? Uh, good question. The best piece of advice I'd say is not necessarily something that has to do with the physical. I think it's a mental thing. Okay. It's always it's always about believing in yourself. You know, had a had that overwhelming confidence in yourself. And I'm not somebody. I'm not arrogant i'm not cocky i'm not I'm, when you ask me i'm i'm a humble kid but you gotta you know whatever you do especially at this level you have to have an overwhelming confidence like you know you belong you can do this you can do you know what you set your mind to so i believe it's just about being you being true to yourself and, and having that overwhelming confidence and you just just putting on your back you know it's gonna be ups and downs on this journey but you know you just gotta put it on your back and understand that you're still moving forward whether or not it seems like you're moving forward, you're still moving forward. So just keep going. Well, that's that's great. perfect. Great yeah, that's perfect advice. Uh, one of the things for a lot of guys at your position, um, it may be small, 6'2". I can't say that because to me, you're another seven <laughs> inches on me kind of thing. But um, a lot of the times it comes down to the fact that they want it more. They, It's not about the size of the, the dog in the fight. It's about the fight in the dog kind of thing. So you make up for that 
on both ends of the floor, obviously you're like the heart that you give a heart of a lion, you're fearless, that kind of thing. What gives you that like mental edge? Cause like you said, it all, it is all about the mentality, but is there like something that just clicks in your mind? That's just like, um, I could battle with the giants kind of thing. I think for me, you know, if you look at me, oh, this kid is really skilled. He's really talented. He has like, he has that skill, but you know, I had to work for that. Like, like <laughs> I, I had to work for that. It wasn't, you know, I didn't walk out, walk onto a basketball court with the unbelievable hesitation move or, you know, unbelievable ability, you know, to score out the isolation or even catch and shoot. Like, like I had to work for everything. So like, just to get to this point, to be, to make it to a division one team, you know, to even be in a point where I'm entering draft, like for that to even happen, I had to work for everything. So it's like, I can't, I can't act cool on the court. I can't act like, you know, it's, it's whatever. Like I have to, I have to act with passion. I have to play with the, with the demeanor that I play with because that's what has helped me get here. That's what helps me survive. I can't lose that because then I lose myself. You know, I've had nobody ever gave me anything in the, in this, like I had to earn everything. I had to make myself, you know, gain these opportunities so it's just like it's just a mentality like when I see a basketball I have to play you know from that space so that's what it is I mean that's a great mindset to go into every single game and with um I mean a lack of confidence is more crippling than an off night shooting the ball or any of that stuff um and you know you you've got one of the smoothest shooting strokes in college basketball I appreciate that Um, it's fun to watch man you you've developed uh, a lot of those Lillard's kind of off the dribble from three abilities, mm-hmm. uh, especially this past season between your freshman, and your sophomore year. So I, I'm curious, what specifically were you working on this summer that developed that sort of skill? Uh, just, just shoot shooting, you know, I mean, I've always shot from deep, you know, but just, critiquing you know being disciplined discipline is a huge thing people always overlook like the small things but there's like minute fixes that you can do in your game and just being you know concrete and disciplined on certain things like making sure you're following through making sure you're exhaling making sure that you're getting your feet right like those are important things and I can tell the difference on when I'm not disciplined you'll see like my I know I know when a shot's gonna miss because I was like oh I, I just let my hand drop but when I stick to my when I stick to my mechanics, like I personally feel that like I shoot like fifty five percent from the three point line. It's just about being disciplined and making sure that you continue to put the reps in. And you know, I shot from distance a lot this off season. Um, even the shots that people thought were super long this year, like they weren't long to me. Like I could have shot it further, but I know in college basketball that's kind of frowned upon. But, uh, <laughs> when you're pulling up from forty, everybody yeah, looks yeah. like whoa. Come yeah. on. It's just like it's just about practice. It's about repetition and it's about the quality of it because you can go into a gym, and shoot a thousand shots. But if 500 of uh, your follow throughs are shooting this way, 500, you don't you know follow through at all. You didn't get better. You know, it's different. There's that's the difference between shooting 50, but your follow through is the exact same way, the proper way. So it's just about consistent quality reps, I think. And then just having the confidence to take those shots. Practice makes permanent. Yep. That's amazing. Uh, so while we're on the topic of the mechanical side, uh, you got to work with Chris Brickley, who is like the skills guru of basketball right now. 
Um, so is there a part of his game of your game that he really sat down and told you like, this is a proper mechanic or this is a way to like control that. Is there something specifically that he's told you? Uh, we were practicing. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't able to like, uh, because of having to go back and forth to school, yeah. I wasn't able to work out with him as much. Uh, but you know, we had, uh, he had taught me this one move that James Harden was doing. Uh, and it was, I can't really demonstrate it right now, but <laughs> yeah, uh, just the, it was just like hand placement and what he was teaching me the hand placement, you know, I thought it was really uh, intelligent, really smart. Uh, and, you know, I'm still working on it, uh, but, you know, I have something that was I learned from him and, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, I was able to work out with him the times I was able to. That's great. Um, you know, Tyson, you've, you've had a hell of a two seasons at Wichita state, hell of a high school career. Um, I don't think it's out there to say that you've surpassed most people's immediate expectations uh, um, and become a top player in the conference. Whether you end up staying in the draft, return to Wichita State, whatever it might be, man, we are psyched to see what the future holds for you. It is bright. Um, you know, best of luck, brother, from from all of us here at Swishwire. We I appreciate like that, man. Thank you. All right, thanks for it. It was a joy on. to be on. I appreciate it. I hope to do it again sometime. So thank <laughs> yeah, you guys. Okay. Absolutely. Anytime you want back on, we'll be here. All right, guys. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the day. You too. Thank you, man. All right. Bye.